0: Okay, thank you. Hi everybody, I really appreciate it. I have a loud voice so I don't really care if this microphone is operational or not <laughs> oh. Is that silence? Oh no it's not no. I didn't think it was going to be I'm going to talk slightly quieter <laughs> then. Uh, Thank you everyone for coming out I'm just going to uh, get right into this So, uh, since I'm going to be reading from this, fortunately, I have uh, such a developed uh, feminine side because the Mm. narrator of this book uh, is a young woman named Lita Galvan, Um, and the part that I'm going to read from, so... Not especially relevant to uh, what you're going to hear, but as a context for the book, it's um, written within the frame of uh, an amends letter that she sends when she's in AA several years after the events of the novel take place. Alcoholics Anonymous. For, for those of you who are unfamiliar mm-hmm. uh, with those syllables.
2: Mm-hmm. Is that what what my job is, just to fill in with little...
0: Just just as as much as you can.
2: (laughs) Especially in the middle of your reading. That's completely inappropriate.
0: I mean, I'm not notorious for my clarity. (laughs) (laughs) At least according to the women I date. Mm, Interesting. Okay. Um, We'll get into that. So, for for the part I'm about to read, uh, she's someone who... She has uh, recently moved to Austin from New York uh, to go to a uh, graduate program in uh, writing in Austin, Texas. Uh, She is a very uh, bright and precocious person who probably given the fact that it is written from the perspective of an AA letter likes alcohol more than she should. Um, there are two guys at the program named Mark and Jason. I'm sorry, named uh, Harry and Jason that she finds quite... It is
2: revealed exactly who <laughs> this yeah. is
0: written about.
2: <laughs> Hi, Mike. Hi
0: That's why I have you here. <laughs> uh, uh no named n- name Harry and Jason that she finds uh, kinda distasteful because um they're kinda like a belligerent uh like asshole alpha males. Um, which is sort of out of character with the program that they're in. And then uh, Mark is actually the uh, fiancé plus one that she dragged with her, who's, like, kind of a passive dude, doesn't have much happening in his own life, which is why uh, he is, like, sort of her service animal in this context. And uh, that's as much as you need to know. If uh, if anything's confusing, I'm sure uh, Grace will... I'll just call it out.
2: Just... just text me. No one has my number. It's fine. We'll figure it out.
0: Alrighty. (laughs) A week or two into the term, there was uh, was a kickoff barbecue that was held at a small ranch house to the southwest of the city amid an expanse of hills of sage and cedar and prickly pear. I drank mint, juleps, and bass in the praise of professors who were on the admissions committee and happily answered questions about my influences, taking care to admit contemporary fiction. Though I had misgivings about going back to school, I had always been good at it. It's a sort of reversion to childhood when corresponding to a simple set of expectation results in being treated with the importance of a thoroughbred. My own childhood consisted of praying nightly that the cocktail of alcohol and benzos would hit my mother only after the lit cigarette had extinguished in her hand and not on the couch and. Came carrying my asthma medication with me in my backpack so i didn't have to fear one of her friends going through my things and stealing it i flourished in the structure and predictability of school when i finally tired of lisa simpsoning i went inside the ranch house to have a moment to myself and have a snoop two of my favorite things this really would be very different if it wasn't my dulcet tones that was, was a woman reading but i mean you're going to use your theater of imagination I was admiring the skulls and antlers and furs. Like my mother, I had an intense appreciation for the esthetification of death. When I was joined by Harry and Jason, the disparity in their size and body type, so Harry's short and yoked and Jason's tall and gangling. a fire hydrant next to a parking meter calling to mind a Depression-era pair of tramps. In fact, I was not joined. I had been stalked. New females were objects of great interest at Hogwarts, so she never refers to this uh, program by its name. She only calls it Hogwarts. (laughs) (laughs) And I had lost track at this point of the number of timid questions I had been asked about my CV or favorite This American Life episode by circling males. This was great fun, the most I'd (laughs) had since having too much to drink at the magazine's Christmas party last year the pleasure of reminding yourself you are a sexual being without the risks of doing anything about it. These two were not so subtle in their approach. How old are you and how much do you weigh? Harry asked. <laughs> Did you focus group that one at Wyden and Kennedy? I replied. No, I think I used it on the first woman I talked to after my divorce. I can't imagine why it didn't work out. <laughs> she got tired of being the big spoon, said Jason. Jason. So Jason, I should point out, um, also, regardless of the climate or time of year, only wears uh, long jeans and cowboy boots. <laughs> it's not. I have to point tonight. out the
2: obvious right now.
0: This is, this is a Mediterranean climate in Central Texas. That's a different. Uh, that's a different <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> do you realize it's ten million degrees out? I said. You may as well be wearing crockpots on your feet. Got to pay the cost to be the boss. He said. "'How old are you?' I said. "'Did you get a reference letter from your pediatrician?' This was met with an inevitable banality about receiving one from my mother. I should also point out her mother is dead. They were pleased with themselves, imaginary Norman Mailers and George Plimptons, toasting their defiant political incorrectness. I mauled the benefits of shaming them with my mother's death, but I was not interested in this becoming a real conversation. "'I'm underwhelmed, guys.' I went to an arts college. I've seen the thing before where boys act like jerks because I think it makes them less gay. Side note, I know it's not in here. It's hot in here, but I really don't think it's healthy for a human being to produce that smell. So Harry, the shorter, bulkier one, is someone who uh, has this very uh, rank and intrusive body odor that he produces. <laughs> um the smell of Harry's armpits was bestial I would call it if I didn't know what satisfaction he would take in it if you sat too close to him or if he put his arm around you as was often the case if you were a female and you had more than half a drink Harry lifted in an the arm and inhaled deeply as if into a bouquet of flowers you're right this isn't an unhealthy level of virility but I have smelling salts in case you pass out if I pass out of anything it's going to be boredom but you probably get that from all the girls what happened to your ear? he has a caller follower ear bar fight said harry real people don't get into bar fights they do when it's a question of dignity how many times a day do you ask that to terry gross inside your head <laughs> i don't even get around to it honestly i'm too busy waving smelling salts under her nose damn these pythons terry why'd i have to come in here on a full pump he flexed his arms in that way that heavily muscular men are looking for an excuse to do even are the auspices of joking So what do you and Terry talk about after your first collection of Connecticut divorce fiction, said Jason? (laughs) I poured my drink down the front of his shirt and left them to find another girl whose pigtails they could pull. But as I was walking out of the room, I bumped into the evening's host, a portly, soft-spoken, popular Texas historian. The property was a university-sponsored writer's residency, and this man was the current occupant. My inner Lisa Simpson could not waste an opportunity to suck up, so soon afterward, the three of us were listening... I him discussed the biography he was working on of a famed Texas Ranger, John Coffey Hayes. It was news to me there was such a thing as a non-athlete famed Texas Ranger. But Harry was obviously excited for the opportunity to speak to a real author whose interests he didn't consider hopelessly effeminate. Also, apparently Hayes, one of the state's undisputed tough guys, was short. So Harry's very small in, in, in height and he makes up for that in other ways. Uh, Harry demanded of the historian what guns he'd brought The man said the residency had a strict no-gun policy Harry scoffed, bureaucrats Then insisted the man level with him To Harry, who had once proudly proclaimed That whenever someone began a conversation about the novel He started thinking about guns A person surrounded by this much undisturbed wilderness With no armory was unthinkable The historian shrugged and adjusted his glasses uncomfortably Cocksucker, said Harry. I knew I should have brought my crossbow. I thought about it, but I didn't. God damn it. Anytime you think of it, you should bring your crossbow, but you leave it you leave it at home, you end up needing it.
1: <laughs>
0: the historian agreed in polite bafflement. You can borrow mine if you want, said Harry. I could drop it off, and my chainsaw. Think about how much better that view would be if you cleared some of that cocksucking cedar. <laughs> I fulfilled the obligation of my gender by gently steering the conversation into territory more congenial to our host, who did not suffer confusion as to the difference between his he-man subject matter and himself. I asked if his family missed him, it being such an inconvenient drive to the city. They'd probably be happier if I were in Fort Stockton, he said with a chuckle. Harry looked at me with disdain. He had been discussing matters of masculine interest and I had turned them to the domestic. I did not disagree with him as much as the He-Man act was like nails on a chalkboard for me. It made me feel small and womanly that it made things more safe. But to annoy him even more, I made my voice readier and upturned and drew out the syllables as I asked the historian more questions about his wife's interior design firm and his daughter's engagement and other things that the only person who could have cared less about than I did was Harry. He tolerated this suddenly, eyes darting darting around the room in boredom when uncontainable childlike exuberance overtook his face. "'Holy shit, you know what that is?' he said." He sprung to the mantle and picked up an object, a rusty old ranching tool that looked like a large nutcracker. This is called a birdiezo tool. You put it around the scrotum and jaws clamp down on the blood vessels, he said. Kills the balls. Harry advanced on Jason, jabbing the tool at his crotch and working the jaws. Come here, come here, boy, said Harry. Our host chuckled and shook his head in a approval few men can resist of boys being boys. What a character, he said to me. And once again, I coursed with resentment and envy at a man like Harry's continual ability to get away with being himself.
2: <laughs> Delightful. Um, very fun to hear you read from the perspective of a woman.
0: I, I know. I mean, if your eyes were closed, you couldn't tell the difference. Couldn't tell
2: the difference. Couldn't tell a difference. Uh, let's start there. Five, by the way, round of applause. Such a great, I don't know if you guys have read it yet. It's really uh, brilliant. I should tell you that the, the night, I read this in one afternoon slash early evening, and that night I had a dream um, that Hillary Clinton died.
0: <laughs> that is much to my regret that it cannot be a blurb on the book.
2: Mm-hmm. So I don't know what uh, psychological connection th- lies therein, but this is a real story. So, uh, <laughs> um, but let's start with a couple things. So this, you're running from the perspective of a woman. That is um, true. You are uh, genetically a man. So tell me what compelled that decision. Well, first, don't put me in a box. Okay, you're right. so, so sorry, Brian.
0: Uh, second, yeah, it, it is from uh, the, it's from the perspective of uh, of a woman. Um, there was a, a particular kind of relationship that I wanted the book to be about and fuck uh, buddy, friends with benefits, Tinder date, mom. I don't know what. intimate romantic relationship. Oh God, it's
2: boring. Okay, fine.
0: Um <laughs> and. Because of some things that happen in the book, I realized that you couldn't really tell it from the masculine perspective because the masculine perspective would basically just fall under the category of, like, oh, this bitch cray-cray. And
2: we (laughs) be be.
0: And, like, there's nothing that interesting or insightful about that. And I also realized that it was... Probably not feasible to just say objectively in like close third person um, a reportage of what was happening. Um, because, I mean, th- this character, and so I guess another thing I should clarify in response to that question is that, like, to me, what was less um, of a decisive factor than this character's biological sex was who this specific person was. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she's an addict. Uh, when she's telling the story, she's in recovery. But when these things are actually happening, she's someone who is deeply charismatic, deeply manipulative, and deeply destructive. Mm-hmm. And so... I'll get it. If you're... <laughs> okay, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and so... I was afraid that if you just reported the shit that she was doing at face value um, that it would make it difficult to identify with her. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you were putting it in her voice um, when she's so used to going on charm offensive with any given audience that it would make some of the darker things she does um, ultimately something that the audience could go with more.
2: So the desire to be authentic to her voice was more, was less uh, scary, more important and less scary than the uh, undertaking of writing an entire novel from the perspective of um, a vagina.
0: It's actually she's I, I should have clarified that she's a giant anthropomorphized vagina oh is
2: that not obvious Yeah, I mean,
0: That's what'm i writing from a female perspective is
2: <laughs> we're just we're just um distilled down to one um bodily
0: function. it was more like I was afraid of readers judging this character um because like she does do some dark fucked up things, mm-hmm. and because like the world is still unfair uh there's generally more leeway for like a dude like anti-hero like he's really interesting uh, like isn't his damage compelling
2: um, <laughs> by the way that's every man that everybody's tried to date in Los Angeles too <laughs> and in New York too there were like three chuckles but I know you ladies know what I'm talking about
0: anyway uh, you're basically you're saying like lock it down in high school like they do in flyover states
2: yeah or maybe Pittsburgh by the way where you're from
0: well now Pittsburgh has tech money oh
2: I didn't know that
0: really yeah. Is it real? They have a whole th- okay. entire fleet of self-driving cars. Yeah, but what's a fleet? Like, two cars? 300. Wow. Okay, Pittsburgh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Real shitty roads, too. I mean, like, that's <laughs> not quite starting them out on Fury Road, but I mean, like... <laughs> It's definitely not starting it out here, where it's like, oh, there's a slight grade and, like, a mild drizzle. you are like, holy fuck, how do I drive
2: here? Everything changes, and there's a slight drizzle. You, By the way, do set the book in Austin, Texas, yes. um, which is where you went to graduate school. So let's talk a little bit about the inspiration there. I'm from Texas myself, so um, it's kind of irrelevant, but I just brought that up anyway.
0: Well, there's a difference between, like, Houston, Texas, where you're from, which is actual Texas, uh-huh. and the People's Republic of Austin. <laughs> (laughs) Um, which is, I mean, like, more liberal than Los Feliz. (laughs) That's very true, yes. Uh, Yeah, I felt like it had to be set in Austin, Um, not simply because I literally went to school there, but because the quality of life there is really high, the cost of living relative to... Major coastal cities is fairly low, and it also attracts um, a lot of highly ambitious people spend periods of their life there mm-hmm. and so it for me, it needed to be a place where there wasn 't much struggle in terms of the day to day existence, like uh, these characters are essentially in an incubator where uh, they have a lot of time uh, on their hands, and they have sufficient means. Um, it's not
2: like rent circa 1996, where it's just like
0: right. high rent and AIDS. Right, like <laughs> these people, like as graduate students, can afford one ones,
2: one bedroom, one bathroom.
0: Um. And so, like, the idea of that environment, like, being a bit of a womb, where you have these people, like, they have all these ideas of, like, who they are and what they're going to do in the world and what they represent, and there's not a lot of struggle in their day-to-day life. And so... And
2: was that authentic to your experience as a grad student at UT? Uh...
0: It was specific to people who were at that particular program because uh, everyone there got pretty good funding and -hmm. had a lot of free time. And so because, like, there was none of the hustle and the conventional struggle in, like, let's say that, like, something like, you know, like, uh, Girls is dramatizing. Is it, like, if the world is not... uh, Is not... Giving you this force of opposition in this way, it's like you'll definitely fucking create it. If you have five minutes of free time, it's like
2: (laughs) I love that. I want to hear from you later for sure. (laughs) Wait, wait, go back to the the notion of free time being too much, too little, or exactly the right amount for uh, for creativity.
0: I mean, I don't know that anyone has totally reconciled this. I mean, I, I have heard it said by smart people that freedom is the enemy of happiness. And you know, like for this particular character, mm-hmm. it's like right before she was in this program, she was like working as an editorial assistant as what is not named, but is like referred, uh, but is it's The Atlantic, like it's that kind of it's that kind of magazine. Mm-hmm. But like you know, it's a shitty job. You're not making much. You're in you're in a city where it's like you either have roommates you're like ah fuck it I'm going to move in with my boyfriend or girlfriend because that's going to help with rent Uh um like going out and buying a can of tuna is a pain in the ass Uh it's like it's cool you work for like you know something like the Atlantic but it's like you're making you know (sighs) Twenty-four to thirty-six grand a year, right? And living
2: in New York, right? How many people here have lived in New York? By the way, I'm just curious. We have, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: I mean, like you know, there 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 was like six seasons of girls that did dramatize this lifestyle, the cantina lifestyle, Mm -hmm. where it's like you know the struggle is your relationship to the world Mm -hmm. and. You know, the context that I wanted to dramatize in this was the way that creative, intelligent, and honestly, basically well meaning people will just sabotage the fuck out of themselves and each other if you simply leave them alone to do it.
2: Which is what happens here romantically, not. So much career-wise, though, I think that there are two different there are two different distinctions here. In many ways, this book—I don't know how many of you guys have read it, but it, or have read it yet—it's you'll love it. Again, maybe you'll have nightmares about Hillary Clinton. Um, but the uh, the crux of it, You're I
0: guarantee you, <laughs> <too. laughs>
2: the, the crux of it, I believe, is it's ultimately uh, it's about romance more so even than, than this protagonist's creative or career pursuits. But maybe talk about, a little bit about that, how you struck that balance, and how you um, see those two factors bleeding in. Into this character's life.
0: Yeah, I, I would say that's true. I mean, like, in the end, I wanted it to be a love story. And, I mean, like, there's, like, a cursory amount of, like, artists talking about art, um, which is something that, like, I find less offensive than some other people do. I mean, like, everyone's doing it in Woody Allen movies, and they're doing it because, like, he's just imitating, like, French filmmakers who are super fancy. Um, and I also don't have that kind of Self-loathing. That I'm like, oh, myself and the people who have tried to pursue the same kind of path like that I have pursued. There's something that's like inherently invalid about representing what they talk about in a way that's accurate. Um, that being said, it wasn't the thing I wanted to uh, to overtake the narrative. I mean, like it is something about how uh, like because. You don't really get a sense of this from what I just read, but it's m- mainly about her relationship with uh, the slightly quieter asshole character named Jason. The jeans uh, and boots guy. Yeah. Um, there was the way. Are you Jason? The- everyone's. Oh, a- oh, there was a
2: hesitation that makes me excited.
0: No, every- everyone's a conflation.
2: <sighs> no, are you though? Come on.
0: I- in certain ways. Um, he is. He totally is. So it's in in some ways. I mean, okay. th- th- there were ways that like I I tried to consciously make that character uh, very different from me. Like that character is actually native Texan. Because um, <laughs> okay. like I am
2: not to chuckle at that. It's just you know it's like
0: yeah. Well, you're a native still... Texan, so you you know you know. <laughs> I do. So know. like that's certainly like, it was like part me, or part you
2: yes 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 yes, it's very fair i
0: think anyone could recognize that okay
2: but you were kind of jason so readers in some ways yeah okay interesting um well let's get let's get into a, a couple things okay so first of all two of the the themes in this book that we sort of touched on but i want to get in depth into alcohol and infidelity let's start with alcohol because this is written as an aa letter so i want to know your relationship with alcohol uh Please note, we just had happy hour for the last um, sixty minutes because an hour is sixty minutes, and uh, we both drank a little
0: bit. So. Yeah, we did. That's, that, that's accurate. So
2: I mean, not putting on the spot, but I mean, I'm always curious. Is you know the the idea of people's relationship with substances, especially when they're writing?
0: Well, so all right. One thing that if you go to a program like that, which I did, and then you continue to live a life in the arts, is you develop. A very sophisticated taxonomy when it comes to people's relationship with alcohol, um, because um, I would say there's a difference between being a drinker and being an alcoholic, and um, mm-hmm. I would say that the signature difference there is that if you're an alcoholic, you're just you're just feeding your demon. That's um, like it's no different than filling up your gas tank, um, and so this character. Uh, the main character, ends up doing some very emotionally destructive things um, that they're not necessarily fueled by alcohol, but it's hard to remove alcohol from the process of her doing these things. Uh And then um... Ultimately, when she goes to AA, because she's someone who's very artistically ambitious, she has to do the thing that you know a lot of artistically brilliant people are incapable of doing, which is separating the mythology of her damage uh, from her light. Oh, a less poetic. Because you see all these people who are brilliant and just bright, bright spirits, but also they are using whatever their addiction is to feed the worst part of themselves, and they're unwilling to decouple those things. It's like they're unwilling to accept that, oh, being fucked up in this way is not what's giving you your edge, that way. Well,
2: I can speak from the perspective of uh, of somebody in, in comedy. I think a lot of comedians, a lot of creators um, who do jokes for a living, whether it's comedy, whether it's stand-up or whether it's hosting or whatever it may be, feel that without their substances, they just wouldn't be funny. They wouldn't be who they are. So... Um, I'd never heard
0: that people in the comedy world had emotional damage
2: <laughs> it's a real shocker um, but uh, you know I, I wonder in the case of our protagonist here she is actually in some ways fueled but positively or at least feels like creatively she gets what she needs from alcohol because at some point I feel like, again, that the story goes back uh, to the narrative of the relationships that she's having romantically and less about what she's creating. I mean, there are a couple of elements of creation that come into it and, and what she's working on writing-wise. And, of course, the, the end of it, which you guys will read, leads into something that's um, uh, to, you know, her own creation. But I guess I, I wonder both about her and then also from your perspective if, if alcohol can actually be a positive thing or if substances can actually be a positive thing in creation.
0: I mean... I think if it's not something that is actively damaging your life, your relationships, like alcohol is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I can probably, for the most part, agree on that. Mm-hmm. This talk brought to you by alcohol. Um, I'm also like twice the body weight of this character, <laughs> so I have a different perspective on it. Right. Right. Well, that's why I want to know your
2: fucking perspective. Tell me, did you drink while you were writing this? Did you like just take from elements of you having been uh, drinking a lot in your youth? I want to know your perspective. We're dying to know. I, I, I talk to everybody.
0: I don't think any grown adult drinks while they're writing. I don't think that exists. Or really?
2: Anybody here create while you write or while you drink? Because I I do sometimes perform while I'm drinking. I don't know if anybody else is Thank you so much for that.
0: Like you know, <laughs> you can you can drink while you're pregnant. If that makes sense, but like no, like when you're what, during the gestation no, it doesn't what? <laughs> <laughs> during the gestation phase, and the research like, phase, I see the when when it's just like uh when it's like the thing is just like. Athena, and it exists in your brain, and, like, you can get fucking plastered during that, because you're like, oh, it's fucking exciting, and, I mean, like, booze does, like, break down certain barriers, so Mm -hmm. it's not necessary, but it's not, uh, but it's not counterproductive per se uh, if you're in the uh, well I mean I feel like there's a lot of people who work in the entertainment industry here tonight so like, when you're breaking stories sure get fucking as drunk as you want that's fine Mm -hmm. Um, but when you're actually sitting down writing it I mean like don't be a dick get your work done it's like, I, I would say writing is like driving in the sense, like, if you say it's like, no, no, I, 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 I'm a better driver when I'm done. It's like, it's, <laughs> that's a good, it's yeah. incredibly unlikely that's true.
2: Sure, okay, okay. Um, now, the, uh, <laughs> the, the other topic I wanted to bring up was uh, the notion of infidelity, which is a huge theme in the book, and specifically the difference between female infidelity and male infidelity, which yes. you make a distinction about
0: the character makes a distinction okay. about the, the character a author from voice.
2: <laughs> okay, so there is a distinction made between male infidelity and female infidelity, um, which I think there is probably some truth to that, but I, I, let's start by hearing your perspective on why and wherein there lies a distinction.
0: So, okay, so without getting into specific plot points, not even, like, this book has much of a plot. I mean, really. Um, People be fucking. That's kind of the plot. Exactly. Um, But uh, female infidelity is a thing that happens in the book. Uh, It's a very important uh, character hinge point in the book. And that also is why it is from uh, this woman's perspective. Uh, You know, I'm speaking anecdotally because I can only speak anecdotally. Um, It was definitely something I was deeply curious to to understand because and this is something where it's like for you know like people listening there's not a universe here where I'm making a unilateral statement about any kind of human being I'm simply talking about what I have experienced and observed in the world and what my personal history had exposed me to was that the phenomenology of male infidelity and the phenomenology of female infidelity... I'm sorry, what? Like... phenomenon Phenomenology. What, I
2: should know that word. I swear that I'm a, a person in the world, but I don't know what it means. Like, dudes cheating
0: and chicks che- cheating doesn't tend to be the same thing.
2: But what is phenomenology? Phenomenon, the like the phenomenon of women cheating versus men cheating... Uh, am I the biggest dummy that I just asked that question? I'm so I'm sorry, probably, but I have
0: to. I'm, ask probably, the, I'm probably the biggest douchebag that I said that instead of phenomenon. Okay, great, thank I mean, you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, awesome. So we're in similar. Okay, so the phenomenon of women,
0: the thing that happens, and like the reason why it happens. Okay, great, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that, as someone who had seen this particular thing from a couple of different angles. Um, in the same way that like female sexual aggression tends tends to manifest in different ways than male sexual aggression, um, that women, in my experience, tend to cheat in different ways for different reasons. Okay, that's fair. But like, let's get into why. Like, so, okay, so are. so
2: because so you're interested in this.
0: What you know, what'll be easiest is which I which I might have have you read instead of me reading again the 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 thing where the character talks about it. yes. Because, like, the character's explanation, because one of the things you're supposed to do when you're in AA is that, like, it's actually whether or not you're an alcoholic. It's a very impressive spiritual technology. And one of the things you're supposed to do is, um, quote, unquote. Here we go. You're supposed to take a fearless moral inventory where you really take accountability for your actions with no prevarications or denials or excuses. And so this is an example of her attempting that. Okay.
2: Looking at the person I was then, at the meteoric inanity of my own behavior, here's what I have to say about it. Men will have you believe they have the market cornered on compartmentalization, but that is not the truth. Brian McGravey,
0: 2017. Oh, no, 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 keep going, keep going, also, keep going. I'm so sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. So sorry. <laughs> There's a whole thing with a house
2: oh yeah yeah okay there's a house thing okay here we go say that my brain at the time was a house with many rooms and that I found myself in the room with the truth in it but what I wanted was in the next room I went to the next room I possessed the liar's greatest power which was to believe her own lies it is a feast of crows to admit this confirming Harry's cosmology but now I don't tell lies anymore just as I don't drink as relentless as both make facing the day
0: I'm a 2017 and so where where that analogy the house came from was uh, I talked to the person who most directly inspired this character uh, several what's her weir- name is
2: she on Facebook uh, are you guys Facebook friends do you follow her on Instagram
0: I fucking know basically everyone in this room yeah. so it's not like it was she like here? a lot of the. no she's is not is she in New York uh, she's in New York. she awesome? Oh, she's in New York. Okay, great. Uh, she's in New York. Uh, <laughs> it's whatever. gonna
2: take me. Th- I'm a woman. It's gonna take me three seconds to find her.
0: Yeah, no, it's not. It's not gonna take. Her fucking book is probably in this book. Oh, card. her book. Okay. Um. <laughs> Dory Chefrier. <laughs> you caught me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so somebody with whom you had a relationship with. That's one of these intimate, romantic, whatever, blah 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 things, right? And. I was. She just glossed right over that. Asking
0: her, uh, yes, I've had premarital sex. Fine, Grace, I'll admit. It. This is
2: this is a this is, uh, yes. Uh, thank you.
0: <laughs> but, but, but but I I asked for that because I'd seen um, women cheating in different uh, different permeations, and I i, I 'm sorry, I keep caveating this in this way, but like in my experience, when dudes cheat it 's like oh, i shouldn 't be doing this like when he 's flirting with a girl oh i shouldn 't be here when he 's in the hotel room or whatever it's like mm-hmm. oh i shouldn 't have done that mm-hmm. when he like just fucking blew his wad on her ass or whatever
2: on her ass. Oh. Wow, I, we just learned more from the last six words that came out of your mouth <laughs> than the entire hour that we 've been here. Has it been an hour
0: but what i 'm saying <laughs> is that like there tends to be no cognitive dissonance about what he's doing. It's like okay. it's, he's like, I'm doing something that morally I cannot actually justify, mm-hmm. but I'm doing it anyway because I want to. And I mean, it sounds like
2: my relationship with chocolate Sundays. I,
0: I don't know. Sure,
2: I don't really know how it's that different. But okay, but continue, continue. You're right, exactly. the author. That,
0: that is exactly what his relationship <laughs> with the female body. Um whereas I found that women that I knew and not just people like you know I, I should say in full disclosure a big part of why what drove the decision to write this book and write the book from this voice was like many, many years ago when I was like very uh, publicly betrayed by someone that I was not expecting it from. Mm-hmm. And then after the, you know, the emotional fallout from that, it's was like I really wanted to understand it. Um, and that was why... I would ask these questions and... Of the person who betrayed you. And not just her. Okay. Like, I would also, like, ask women I knew who were, like, cheating on their, you know, spouses or whatever, like, in real time. We don't have to get into how I was, like, actually getting into that R&D. Um, that, like... Tinder? I don't know. Tinder would be real shitty for cheating. I mean, that would be <laughs> Unless okay. it would be like the modern version of the Pina Coladas song, where it's like <laughs> you match with the person you're cheating on. I
2: often like, think about that song and how shitty it is that this dude was just going online to be like, ah, fuck my wife, I'm gonna fuck some other bitch, and do you like margaritas? And then anyway, it's Pina Coladas. I think it might be margaritas too. Anyway, continue, you have a story to tell.
0: Um, and getting caught in the rain.
2: <laughs> There's rain involved too.
0: Yeah. So, so okay, well. But, but so I found that uh, women that I knew. Often had a narrative why what they were doing was not morally wrong, like whether the guy had it coming like somehow like he had engineered this or um the relationship was doomed the or, relationship was doomed, uh, or like the goalpost of what constitutes infidelity uh would move a lot in the same way that like, if you're like a teenage Catholic virgin, well, like, I was for many like years. taking it in any orifice with the vagina is like, okay, my oh, no, God.
2: <laughs> Sorry to clarify. I did not do
0: that. But like, no, like the, the way it's like, it's like it's setting the rules mm-hmm. It's saying, it's like, okay, well a good person does not do this. Mm-hmm. I am a good person. Ergo, I did not do this.
2: Well, as with the men, it's, oh, yeah, bad people do this, but I'm doing it anyway, so whatever. Or, I'm I, not even qualifying it with
0: good versus bad. Right, the, Okay, like, you know, I think, like, from, again, my anecdotal understanding of dudes who do it, like, I don't even think they think they're bad people, necessarily. Uh They think it's like, oh, I might be, like, a basically good person. It's like, I want to fuck that girl. Uh I shouldn't have done that. I ostensibly shouldn't have done that, but I did it. Uh Um, And, like, moving on, what's for breakfast?
2: And you think, and and women have... Well, I don't know that you're saying this, but let me ask this. Do you think that women have a harder time moving on from it once the deed is done? Cuz I actually think that that's a bit unclear from the perspective of our protagonist. In in some instances she toils over infidelity and then in another instance towards the very end, we don't even see her pondering it until it's it's uh, revealed to somebody else that it's happened.
0: Well, in that case, it's because she's uh, she's tap dancing around it, mm-hmm. um, like she's not really um, satisfying the objective of the of the enterprise, which is to be totally honest. Um, like she's she's still prevaricating about it uh, mm-hmm. years and years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like I say, I I cannot say unilaterally anything about women because, like, I'm. A dude's the fact I could even understand like this temperament that well, like took several years of my life to to wrap my brain around. And
2: and it it is a a very I think I think it's beautifully written. I I am a woman, uh, card carrying, and I don't find any offense to it. But I I do want. Did y'all
0: go on strike? I mean, what what happened? Did women go on strike? Yes,
2: we did. It was called the Women's March, and um, uh, (laughs) I think um, no, it's it's a it's it's a. I think it's, it's a big undertaking and I think a lot of male writers might find too problematic to even get into, the idea of writing from a female perspective. So I like that you did it. Um, do you see yourself doing it again? Are there other women in that brain here that you're just like, yeah...
0: I, I, it's just dictated by character, and mm-hmm. I mean, I would say if you're a writer and you fundamentally are incapable of having empathy and curiosity about someone who's unlike you, mm-hmm. I'm not a thousand percent sure what you're doing is not masturbation. Like to me, the the entire enterprise of um, fiction writing. Like, there's a reason it's not a fucking diary.
2: hmm Have you? Do you have a diary?
0: Oh, uh, I have Twitter.
2: <laughs> Fair. Okay. <laughs> I,
0: I also, as some people in this room know, I I, I text quite a lot.
2: <laughs> Raise Just your hand like if you <laughs> know that.
0: I mean, an interactive diary. <laughs>
2: um, okay. I, a couple of other things that I want to talk about. So, oh, let's talk about the the setting of of. Well, we've talked a little bit about the setting of Austin in particular. Do you miss it? Do you love it? Do you want to write more about it? Uh, or is this a story that feels like you get kind of tapped out because I feel like sometimes you associate stories with geography and this might this might be it for you and Austin I don't know
0: I don't miss it <laughs> I do love it uh-huh. I don't feel compelled by it Mm-hmm. Anymore. Anymore, no. It's also changing so much that, um, I mean, like Austin now is so dramatically different than it was, I mean, the, the shift started happening around 2010. Um, and the that shift. Point. So, as Los Angeles grew in population by as many people in the last year as Austin did, and Los Angeles is 20 times the size of Austin. So... Austin is radically shifting in character as an urban center in a way that basically nowhere else in America is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you go there now, stuff that used to be, like, in the fucking boondocks is now completely surrounded by development and condos. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more tech money there now. There's a lot more, like, millennials with ambiguous job descriptions. So it's like Los Feliz, basically.
2: Yeah. hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. You live here. I live in, here. Do you love it? Not in this bookstore. Oh, sorry. That just got I love up. this
0: bookstore. <laughs> I'm willing to say I love this bookstore.
2: <laughs> um, okay, let me, uh, there's a quote of yours that I love that I want to get into. So we've talked about alcohol, we've talked about infidelity, and we're going to talk about something else. Jealousy. Okay, so there's just a quote, um, which is, the biography of an artist is of interest only to an artist judging herself in comparison, which, is, uh, which struck me as like, ooh, bitch, you need to underline that because that hits you straight up. So my question is, um, that's about that's clearly about jealousy. Now let's talk about, I mean, there's a number of questions that I have really about that. Um, do you feel like, let's start with our protagonist and then your your investment. In-
0: well, yeah, where that comes from is like if you have a given field and it's a field that's like not like you know like if it's not like modeling there's definitely a time stamp but there's other professions such as being a writer where I mean the wheel fucking turns so many times and over so many decades you know so like basically what that means is that like Maybe some people in this room because this is an unusually literate audience knows that like Zadie Smith sold her first book when she was like twenty one um, and Alice mm-hmm. Monroe sold her first book when she was forty mm-hmm. but to people who are not paying attention to that kind of thing it's like they don't give a fuck right it's like this like oh Zadie Smith like she has a book like mm-hmm. you know so she has a career like Al- like Alice Monroe it's like we like her you know it's like same with directors it's like you know you don't care when people did what you don't care. As a consumer, or even like as a friend who works in a different field, uh, unless
2: you were in that field yourself.
0: Right. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, like Larry Cohen did not become, he didn't even start seriously pursuing music until he was in his early
2: 30s. I mean, Grace Parr did not do a Skylight Books appearance until. (laughs) She was like 22, so
0: (laughs) worked out, and things worked out real great for her. Um, But then, when you have people who are in the same field, they get incredibly competitive, Mm -hmm. and I mean. When I was in school, there's a professor who told a story. It's kind of a fucking amazing story, although it's like quite terrible. But this very successful literary author. So like obviously he was also like you know like a college professor because um, he couldn't make a living wage. And what he said to his class was, and this is like a class of like impressionable you know 19 year olds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said about you know one of his friends who was like also an accomplished literary author. My heart leaps like a fawn when my friends fail. <laughs>
2: oh my god. That's incredible. That's really funny. So okay, that's very telling too. Also, why a fawn, I think of all. I guess fawns are just very leap-worthy. It
0: definitely makes it funnier. It does. <laughs> like that specific image. Um Like there's this thing you see in a lot of people, and this isn't even just creative people. It's just people like in something really specific that uh, they look at. They look at the world as if it's a zero sum game instead of a non zero sum game. Mm -hmm. So they think that it's like it's a pie. Oh, I love pie. Continue. And someone else having a big slice of pie means less pie for them. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not how it works. You're saying there's multiple pies out there. There's so many pies, and 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 pies of different tastes too. I mean, you know, like mathematically, we know that pi is infinite.
2: Oh God, look at you! And he's a mathematician too. Okay, great. So great at math. So
0: great. At math. <laughs> so great at math. That's, that's why I add today. anything. anything.
2: <laughs> why is that not in the book anywhere? Um, okay, so I, well, I think you're you're clarifying that well i guess you're you're i like that anecdote because it seems like uh this is from a, a male professor's perspective so male envy in many ways is not distinct from female envy uh you know we're talking about infidelity being very different but i guess you're saying that they're pretty that at least with with um Dude, even
0: i'm not fucking crazy enough to read a book about female jealousy <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not touching that one <laughs> Um, infidelity. I felt somewhat qualified <laughs> to have an opinion about.
2: Do you do you feel relieved of your questions about infidelity having written this book?
0: Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I do. Like I, there was something I real that was uh, very uh, emotionally traumatic at the time. Right. That I wanted to understand, uh, and then by the end of this process, and I mean. You know, the the things this character says and feels about the world, like th- th- this was not speculation on my part, right? You know, and like I'm not saying that she has the badge where it's like she's like speaking for all women in this way, but she is, I think, emblematic of a certain type of very charismatic, very self destructive young woman who might have this M.O.
2: Mm -hmm. Do you ever envision writing from the perspective of the person that she cheated on?
0: Yeah, I tried that. It's just like, who gives a shit? Really? Yeah, it's like, fucking grow a sack, get over it.
2: (laughs) No, though. I mean yes, but it's hard to do that. I mean as women, you can, you I don't can know, do that I feel like it's a
0: fucking like... country song. You can't write a novel about it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like it's like seriously like dude, fucking man up.
2: No, I, well I okay, I, I feel like it's very hard to just turn that off. If you've experienced heartbreak, I don't know if you guys have, I have. Uh, it's, very, it's you can't just turn it off. You can't you, I mean, I, I think it's a lot to ask uh, for myself and I imagine other women or men too, maybe from male perspective.
0: I also wrote this many years after it happened. Right.
2: So you'd had a healing process.
0: And so, like, years and years later, I did not think that, like, my end was th- that interesting. You're still in touch with this person? Uh She's sort of pissed at me now. Does she know that The Lights is about her? <laughs> she, she does, but she also knows... Like, I, w- I was interviewing her for it um, mm-hmm. because, like, I wanted to... I wanted to do due diligence to make sure that my perspective on certain things was not masculine projection.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there are any major characters out there in the world that we all know, major figures that we know, who are reflections of your protagonist?
0: Uh, Yes. Like who? Ah, Christ, I'm not going there. Really?
2: They can be like, I don't know,
0: politicians or something. Um... Politicians.
2: I don't know, just people that we all know. Like, you know, maybe you see, maybe you see Elizabeth Warren, and you're like, oh, go fucking Elizabeth Warren is just like my lady here. Or...
0: Like, I, I've had people that I will not name both say it's like, holy shit, I used to be that girl. Oh, okay. Um, because, like, also when this shit's happening, like this person is 26, right? So it's yes. like it would be a very different pathology, um, you know, if she was 40. Speaking
2: of age, you are about to turn thirty-four. By the way, almost happy uh, yeah, birthday to Brian McCreevy. Yeah. Do you feel oh, this is just the slightest so clap for something that no one really gives a fuck about? Did you feel and you? I'm sure too. Do you feel like um, there is there's a difference between a twenty-six year old woman and a thirty-four year old man? Do you feel like uh, wait, wait,
0: there is? <laughs> I'd say maturity-wise, not really. Well,
2: that's what I was gonna ask. Do you feel like there's actually some similarity in who you are now and who compared to the the person that you or the character that you sort of are in the the novel who's much younger who's a man in his early 20s yes what I'm saying is you're old as fuck
0: how do you feel about that I feel fine with it (laughs) Uh, but maturity wise I find new fucking gray hairs in my beard every day I'm like "Ah, I'm good with this I earned it grays
2: grays are good don't worry just sit in that for another five minutes. Um. <laughs> I, mean,
0: I, like, I would say that like, it's probably not a fucking newsflash that women do tend to uh, mature more quickly. That there's certain things about life that are... like, I would say, yes, there are existential realities I'm more aware of now that I'm in my 30s about this character who was in her mid-20s mm-hmm. um, that when I was in my 20s did not land for me the same way. Mm-hmm.
2: So you would be able to note a woman like this, and would you be attracted to the same kind of woman now?
0: Oh, my God, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a fucking heat-seeking missile. (laughs) (laughs) So you've
2: exhumed all your fears, but you've learned nothing in the process. Correct. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, we're going to get into some Q&A from the audience at some point soon. Any last words, last thoughts, last perspectives between us up here? No. Okay, cool. Me neither. Alright, Q&A, shall we? Guys, I want to know your questions. I want to know your thoughts. He's going to give answers. Anybody? I see some smart-looking people. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Um, I
1: have some questions about actually the label of the book. Like, what is your ritual and how many hours you write? I ask this because you are very prolific as
0: a writer, so I'm curious. I'm yep. prolific because I've learn how to uh, systematize my laziness. Uh, And I I mean that, like, absolutely. It's like, I don't write more than two hours a day, and two hours is lucky. Um, But because I know that myself, I write every day. Um, You know, as far as, like, when I'm writing a book or not, uh, that is sort of contingent on other factors in my life because it's not my day job um, and my day job like uses the, more or less the same skill set uh, writing for TV
2: just yes. in case, just I me mean, I just want to clarify um, which with, we should for, get into who
0: just walked in and didn't know that about me yes mm-hmm. um, so like for instance like if someone said to me it's like oh how long does this book take to write I'm like I don't know um, because well, I, I don't uh, because like it's sort of like the difference between like having like an only child and having like a bunch of kids, and like for the parents now, it's like you know some of them are like more of a pain in the ass. Or like they need something, or like blah blah blah. It's like you you, you, if you if you're juggling creative projects, you know, each one in theory is a massive investment of uh, creative energy and concentration, and. I don't live a life where there can necessarily be one that's the thing I'm exclusively focusing on at a given time. Um, but I am unusually good at multitasking. We get it. All right. What else?
2: That's a good question. Actually, let's talk a little bit about the, about uh, the sun I can right now. Talk
0: to my mom and Tinder. <laughs> Very impressive. Um, do you really do that? Oh, I don't care about what their fucking bullshit. Our neighbors are up to. <laughs> How's Tinder going for you these days?
2: Is that too on the spot? You love it. What's I do love how it. How
0: is it? Yeah, it's great. It's, it's one of the great ongoing social experiments that also benefits my dick.
2: <laughs> that, uh, that delights me. Okay. Um, well, we should. Tie. I love that you brought up the, the sun, though, on AMC right now. Congratulations on their huge uh, achievement. Very exciting. Um, you guys are. How long ago did you wrap the season? Oh, um, in the fall. In the fall. Okay, it's been a while. How Are you excited about it being on TV now? Is it everything you dreamed of?
0: No, nothing is everything you dreamed of, except, for, except for this panel. Pretty good. Hey. <laughs> uh, look, that 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 we decided to make that show four years ago. The show is out in the world. Pierce Brosnan has a absolutely magnetic beard on the billboards. <laughs> so, I mean,
2: yes, he does. He truly that, does. It's
0: just like like I just want to burrow into that, and that's like the the trophy. It's like a hug.
2: <laughs> okay, great. Uh, any other questions? Who's got some stuff for us? Yeah. Hello, sir.
0: Sir, I like it. Before
1: I go, uh, I'm the oldest person in the room. <laughs> I've got to correct something that both of you, the panel, uh, has said. And oh. When you're younger or 34, you think as you get older, you're going to feel different about everything. When you get to be 71, like me, you look backwards and you know you don't. You still <laughs> feel exactly the same kind <laughs> of feelings, and even though know you're Sexual desires drop from 95% of your thinking to, say, 85%. <laughs> 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 Learn and go that if you talk to older people, they feel the same kinds of emotions and feelings that they always did. And in fact, they look back and sometimes get more melancholy, falling gross about opportunities missed and... Uh, things that they thought they knew, and then on
2: fruition is there, is there a way to combat that, that uh, moroseness or the feeling of having missed out yeah I think
1: so. I think so.
2: tinder <laughs>
0: I
1: don't know anything about tinder but I do know a bit about creativity and that's what keeps it going mm-hmm. I think uh, I, every time I get good at something in my life I move on to something else. I'm an entertainment lawyer now. I was a musician for years, and now I'm here. And I, I would say this is the
2: pinnacle of your career, if I may.
1: Well, it's really been enjoyable. <laughs> say, when I read this sentence here this says, on page 18, he considered, he considered himself Falknerian him, in his understanding of people's inner workings, but never came to a more nuanced, nuanced evaluation of it. Gender politics than women be shamed. Started since the pioneer black university dialect. <laughs> of, uh, I bought the
2: book. I <laughs> oh, appreciate it. The more is the mother. I love that. That is very sage wisdom. Thank that you. Thank you for that. Touching. Always, sir.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I absolutely. Everything you're saying sounds very plausible to me because I remember um, when I was in my late adolescence and I just wanted more than anything to write a book. I mean, like I just could not think of something that would be uh, a better testament to the time I had spent on planet Earth than like having a having a book with my name on it that I could flip through and smell. <laughs> and what really terrified me when I was a teenager was like, "Fuck! I hope that I'm successful before I'm." because after I'm thirty I'm gonna be too mature to enjoy it.
2: <laughs> Little did you know that your immaturity would last for years and I would years say past that. 30.
0: Yeah, my 19 year old self would look at me like you regressed. <laughs> it's like the, it's like the evolutionary the the the, 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 the hominids that become yes. the, the 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 Homo sapiens that like there's sort of in a downward trajectory. <laughs>
2: Um, I do like the uh, bringing up the quote about women be shopping because we do be shopping uh, online quite a bit. Is it does that come from a particular place or just an observation of femininity?
0: Well, that was the asshole character who looked at the world that way. I think women have lots of things they engage in aside from shopping. Women
2: be talking. Women be texting.
0: And women. I be... mean, look, I text like a Japanese schoolgirl, so it's like. <laughs> i wanted to talk <laughs> um, Fair, I do the same Any any uh, other questions, thoughts? Um, I noticed that the,
1: the main character is uh, Sicilian and uh, I was just wondering if you had thought at all about why there was a fair-skinned, blue-eyed woman on the cover
0: of the book. Oh. oh, that was just because that's who we got I mean, uh, the, the, we waited two days to get that shot Uh-huh and it was being outsourced to New York um, but that's a very good catch that's a very good catch, yeah was I, a, I hadn't even thought about that, so <laughs> yeah, no, she should be brown eyed and worthier <laughs> uh, which she is described
2: as, I don't think she's described as brown eyed, but she is described physically as, as, I actually forget how she's described physically, but there's a couple instances of she's described as
0: being as from Sicilian peasant stock,
2: peasant stock that's correct, yes
0: we'll say there are regions in Sicily and southern Crete where people are letter
2: in blue eyes
1: my mom I, I guess I was more concerned of just the normalization and just that everything we see is fair skin
0: and blue eyes You know no for it to be. I wish I had been more I had more agency in that decision uh, <laughs> I, I can get our designer on the phone. I I yelled him but I did approve it. <laughs> so, uh no, that was just uh, us not thinking hard enough. Mostly Grace.
2: It's mostly my fault. And I'm Mexican, so I should be looking out for myself. Um really my eye could be there. Anyway, uh that, that is that is interesting. Um I mean, you know, it's, we don't need necessarily to bring up the, I guess the physical description of the two men in the, sh- the story are, they're both white males. Yeah. And that's authentic to the people that you were writing about versus a conscientious decision to make it like, hello, this is about white people.
0: Well, this book is about, I mean, it is about white people. Um mm-hmm. That's not to say that that program uh, was not diverse. Uh, There was quite a bit of diversity in that program. Um, But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, like there was a guy that I went to grad school with who like absolutely fucking a book should be written about this dude. I mean, like he was like a tiny black gay poet from Tennessee. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, like absolutely fascinating character Um, but it was one of those things where it's like I didn't think I could responsibly take that on Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Um, it's like I had understood from a very deeply intimate perspective and not just the one girl, because it is a composite character. Like there's a point where it's like her career takes her back to New York um, and she has experiences that are based on like, you know, like other people I've known intimately. And so, you know, like it felt like if I was gonna like bring in like the black gay character, mm-hmm. that it would have been a bit dishonorable to do it unless. I was capable of going all in, right? Which black A character is super funny, intentionally funny,
2: <laughs> right? In in many works of art, that's what they're there for—just
0: to be the funny ones. But like you know, because like the book's about three people; it's about the three. <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah,
2: I was going to bring that up too. It's a it's a small cast. I mean, there's right there's there's a couple supporting characters. Well, you know, it does bring up though an interesting point that in in many ways, she's. Um, she doesn't really have a conversation that's not about or with men.
0: Yeah, with the exception, the, the sequence that's about her mom. Um, right. The book pretty spectacularly fails the Bechdel test. Yes, 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 it does. Um, but you know, it's a love story. Right. And, heterosexual love story. Uh, it's a heterosexual love story, but you know, that's because that's what I know. You know, like to me. The kind of, uh, the category that you are sexually attracted to and get into, like, deeply intimate romantic relationships with, it's, like, they are deeply compelling to you. Mm-hmm. And at one point, so it's, like, you know, Harry, who is, like, the bigger fucking shithead of the two characters, says to her, uh, the main character, that what he loves about her is that she's the kind of quote-unquote feminist who has no close female friends. Um right and that was true of the person it was based on that like she only ever wanted to be around the dudes Mm -hmm. Uh, even when or like especially when it was intensely combative that like she would rather be fighting with dudes than agreeing with women. Um,
2: yeah, I, 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 th- I know that amongst my circle of female friends, we note that it is a red flag if we meet a woman who has no other female friends or if a male friend of mine is dating a woman and says, like, I don't really know her friends. She doesn't really have any female friends. It's, it's, it's a bit of a red flag for sure.
0: I mean, that's, there's also a point where um, the Harry character says that misogyny is when men talk about women the way women talk about women. And Mm. I've certainly had the experience with very intelligent women who are just more comfortable with men. Um, And... Mm. I'm not comfortable speculating why that is the case. I'm sure, like everyone here, probably has thoughts on why that is. It's just more that that was the particular psychology of this character. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, sufficient. Yes. Hi. Do
1: you think that Lena's unsympathetic? And like, know, putting aside the fact that she's basically
2: a right now, would you like her? Like, would you be friends?
0: Uh, w- I don't have amazing judgment when it comes to this stuff, so yes I would um, I mean that goes back to the question of like why it's in her voice that you know it might be harder to sympathize with her if you're not getting things from her perspective exactly but like that kind of personality and i've and I have seen multiple instances of this kind of personality like like it it's a type. It's a type that you see in the world um, that they tend to own the spotlight when they're in the room um, because they just, they just go on charm offensive um, and like at some unconscious level they're aware of how to ingratiate themselves maximally with their audience. And mm-hmm. um, You know regarding like sympathetic or unsympathetic those are terms that creatively don't interest me that much i mean like for my day job i have to hear them all the fucking time (laughs) um and like to me you know interesting or not interesting that is what i care about a lot more i mean i also think like 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 every person is sympathetic if you're you know Looking at them without judgment mm-hmm. um, And I felt like It would be easy the easiest For readers To suspend their own judgment Of this character um, To
2: suspend or to decide on their own I mean are you Are you asking
0: readers to just completely No I'm intentionally dis- trying dis- to manipulate them I'm, I think I'm trying to make them like her more So Um, you are.
2: So you're. You're not suspending our ability, or you're not suspending our interest in deciding whether or not she's sympathetic. You're steering us in the direction of. Because she's a deeply
0: dishonest train wreck. Yes. 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 Um, And if you like, just see like a chronology of the shit she does. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, without getting into like too much of the book, it's like she fucking drags this dude across the country, as an emotional crush, and then fucking breaks him, Uh um, basically because through combination of like boredom and contempt.
1: Uh
0: huh. Um. Which is something that, like, you see that a lot. Like, there's a uh, you know, I'm sure like there's a number of people here who have been through some kind of um, like, some kind of Uh, academic or artistic program that uh, required moving and so it's like the chapter in here called the plight of the plus one because like if you come into that Mm -hmm. environment as someone's plus one you're pretty lucky if you last a semester Mm -hmm. Um, and that's irrespective of gender Mm -hmm. like if you come in as the plus one like you're kind of fucked like it's sort of like um, sort of like if there's like a cast party and there's like a boyfriend there Mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah you're not going to be at the rap party (laughs) (laughs) That's very fair. Uh,
2: any other questions? Yes, hi. Yeah, I, I think about psychology. When I hear about this, I just remember, like, I read an article about women cheating and uh, men cheating. Mm-hmm. And I think about, like, uh, you talk about, like, woman who likes to talk only with men and other stuff. And I remember other book I read, like, about Amazon,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Tuella, like, uh, Forever Young Girl or something like this. And I have a question, like, did you read some books, psychology book, which influenced... Because I always, like, checking myself, like, oh, I think uh, this way about world, and I read psychology
0: books about this, and I'm oh, that's right. Maybe did you check some psychology book about
2: this? That's very interesting, because it seems like a lot of this is anecdotal, but I, I, I guess... But, I, think, I
0: read a shitload of psychology books. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Is there anything specific that triggered you? Or helped?
0: Mm-hmm. Or hurt? Uh, psh, no... i mean like i also like go through the rotation where it's like uh like i read jezebel like i read the cut Mm -hmm. um like i read a lot of uh, well okay
2: new york magazine sex diaries
0: i have not read that
2: really you should probably read that you guys anybody here read that yeah it 's all fucking fake, I think right doesn 't seem fake i don 't know it 's uh, a, a lot of female infidelity you would you would uh, you should read it
0: i i do okay so i I, I read a lot of um i 'm going to sound like i 'm mispronouncing her name but i 'm actually pronouncing her name correctly i promise you uh, camille Paglia.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I would say that like as far as thinkers out there on this kind of stuff that like there are times I'm like, okay, McGreevy the fuck are you doing? It's like refer to yourself in the third yeah, like person, you're, just, you're just you're just like I, I do invite, I do refer to myself in the third person very very regularly. I'm mm-hmm. um, wow. like I'm like ah, uh, you know, is it fucking moronic? Dude say this thing about human beings, and then I'll just ask myself: it's like, what would Cammy do? <laughs> <laughs> You're on a nickname basis. I like that. And like one thing I like about Cammy, and I think uh, we're gonna have to like wrap up in a, oh, in, yes. a in a second mm-hmm. here. Like one thing that I like about Cammy, and I think it's like a good note to close on, is that you know, one thing I would wanted to do with this book and, like, I guess with a lot of stuff that I work on and why it's, you know, written from this um, female perspective is that, like, I don't see it as being factioned, Mm -hmm. You know, like, ultimately, I would say there's the core experience of being a person and there are cosmetic differences and there are important fucking cosmetic differences. Like, yeah, like white guys have been douchebags for a very long time. Like, I'm with you on fighting that fight. Mm -hmm. Um, But that... Looking at our emotional commonality and looking at everyone as quite damaged but also quite powerful, and understanding that there's room for people to make fairly large mistakes. And as long as there is some level of deliberate self-reflection where people are trying to improve the carbon footprint they're making on the world, which is not the same thing as avoiding being a fuck-up, that that's something worth celebrating might be a stretch, but worth acknowledging. Oh, worth acknowledging, right. I like that. That's beautiful.
2: Do we have time for one more? Oh, okay. There was an, I know another... I'm Maybe not going to not. top that. You're not, He's not going to top that guy, so let's end on a high note. Prime um, McGreevy, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you guys so much for coming. What a delightful evening.
0: You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping
1: by, and we hope to see you soon.